you know Mary. You know, know that that's like pure Mary. Welcome to PCI Cast, a conversation about life and faith in the Presbyterian Church in Ireland. Let's hear what the team have been talking about this week. Oh, here's Je- Jenny's hello to everyone. This Jenny with her pizza bread. <gasps> Hi, Dr. Preston. Craig says, I can't hear. Craig says hello. I'm the I listened lady. to you on PCI Cast. <laughs> I thought it was brilliant. Ruth listened to you on PCI Cast. Oh, thank you, Ruth. I thought it was so-so. Such a spiff. Don't even. Don't even. Don't even. No, she thought you were great. So rude. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I'm really looking forward to listening to this one. Good. I could provide you lunch next time, Craig. I would love that. (laughs) Yes, Yes, please. please. (laughs) Great. See you, Jenny. Bye, Jenny. I'm going to nominate her for Minister's Wife of the Year. Is legendary. Um, back to work. No, soon we ha- we are all enjoying. Phoebe is at Phoebe's back to P1. Hooray! Oh. Eliana is in as well. She is. Susie's any oh. kids of uh, P1 age, Ruth? Or no, no, no. I have a little one who is one. She just uh, turned no. one. In- this is Jemina. Yeah. Yep. And Happy. Nanny is currently looking after her. They're on a walk. So fab, fab, fab. Wonderful. So what what uh, tell us tell us what you're well tell us who you are first of all people people know obviously you more than they know us but for for the maybe one or two people who are going to be listening to this who don't know who you are uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and who you are and and all that okay fair enough so we've started okay great oh, we're, um, <laughs> we're keeping all the oil talks staying in people noted. <laughs> noted so we're officially on the record okay um so my name is ruth dalzell for, for hello do you remember we used to do that in youth fellowship craig Hi. and it was like uh so craig and i were in youth fellowship together and if a new person arrived they would always have to say their name and then everyone who was there would then have to say hi at them so craig was just saying to me hi ruth um so my name is ruth dalzell formerly ruth spratt um my dad is a Presbyterian minister. His name is Mark Spratt. Ben did not know that. There we go. I did not know that. There we go. <laughs> um, so I um, grew up out in um, kind of the middle of nowhere um, until I was four. So Drumgilland and Kilkenamurray in Ivey Presbytery. I'm giving you a wee shout out. Right. Hello. Um, and then we moved to Bangor. And dad was associate minister in Hamilton Road. He was like one of the first associates, I think. It was a new scheme and he was one of the first associates. So then whenever I was four, we moved to Bangor. Um, and then we moved to first Bangor. Um, and that's where I got to meet Craig. Um, and then whenever I met my husband, um, Robert, I shouldn't really say his name. I met my husband, Robert. Um, we have now moved to Cumber. Um, he is the youth and family worker in Cumber. Um, so that's where we are at the minute. And we have um, a daughter called Jemima, who's just turned one. She was one on the 22nd of January this year. Um, I work for Scripture Union Northern Ireland. I've just started doing that job since August. I am the E3 worker for North Belfast and Newton Abbey. Um, so my job is mainly with schools at the minute. So there's a wee bit about who I am and what I do. So that will have been 
an interesting kind of start to your time as a Christian schools worker, saying as, you know, for, for probably most of the time that you've been in post, schools haven't been gathering for educational purposes. So so what's what's that been like for you as you've kind of started, well, first of all, as you've stepped out of whatever you were doing before, which you can say a little bit about, but um, yeah. also to in, into this new role, what's, what's that been like? So before I worked for Scripture Union, um, I was a post-primary science teacher, a biology teacher. So there you go, fun fact about that. So um, it was it was a bit strange to go from teaching and being in the classroom that way to then starting into this new post. But actually, as we now know, the way things have worked out, no one's really been in the classroom that much. So it's been a bit strange because I started in this new role. Um, Scripture Union have E3 areas in Northern Ireland, but North Belfast and Newton Abbey is one of the newest ones. That's only just started in August along with Northwest. So I've been trying to make contact with people, but you can't meet anybody. It's so it's so bizarre. There was a very, very small um, window of opportunity, I suppose, maybe September, October time. Do you remember those times when you could maybe like go to a coffee shop or or do whatever? Those were the oh, good old days. Really, but... <laughs> so it's been really strange that I've kind of just been emailing people or phoning people or being on Zoom like this. But you don't you don't necessarily get the same relationship when you're not actually in person. And for me, I haven't been a teacher um, and also now being a schools worker, you're with people all the time. You talk with people all the time. That's how you get to know people. That's how you build those relationships and connections. Yeah. So for me, I've been working at home, kind of at a computer, working on, on my own a lot because, you know, you're kind of left to your own devices when you're not in, in an office and meeting with other people. Um, so that it has been really strange. And lots of these people who I now know, I've never actually met them. So it's, it's such a strange time. It's such a weird way to begin a brand new post and a brand new role in a new area. Um, but I'm really hoping that restrictions will ease very soon so I can actually make contact and go into schools and meet teachers and pupils and other church leaders as well which would be great perhaps maybe Ruth for uh, folk who aren't all that aware of the E3 project I, I know ministers and, and, and some probably will be but maybe take, take us through E3 so I, presumably there are three E's uh, or something like that you're uh, but, so but take good a, at this game Ben you're so take, good take, take, take us through a little bit about what uh, that project is and maybe what a day of work should look like even mm -hmm. when we get back to normal. <laughs> no, no, yeah, absolutely. So E3 does stand for uh, three E's. You're absolutely right. Um, so it's engage, equip and empower. So first of all, engage, that's all about um, actually engaging with teachers and pupils. So normally that would look like doing assemblies in schools, maybe doing RE lessons or actually taking part in SU groups in schools. Um, equip that is about helping Christian teachers and pupils to share their faith in school and help them be salt and light because they are able to reach far more people than I could reach um, so for example in North Belfast and Newton Abbey there's 73 schools that I in theory could be part of um, and over 100 churches so it's a really big area so I would never be able to reach all of those um, teachers and pupils on my own. So if we can equip them and, and train them and give them resources, then they're able to go and be salt and light in their area and where God has placed them. 
And then the third E is empower. So that's all about getting churches involved in schools ministry. Um, so for example, I could have church volunteers who could come along and help me with assemblies or RE lessons or have schools put in contact with churches who are nearby to them. Um, so it could be even something as simple as churches offering their premises for maybe a school fair or um, any event that they're running. Or you could say, why don't you use our church for your carol service or P7 levers or our church could maybe provide refreshments after your school play or, or something like that. It's, um, it's, I suppose, building those relationships between schools and churches that maybe aren't necessarily there. The idea is that I kind of work myself out of a job. So I'm like a middle person. So sometimes the schools will come to me as the SU person and I can go to a local church and say, this school is looking for this. Would you be able to help? Or why don't you come with me and meet the um, senior leaders in school or teachers or, or things like that? Um, and also already I've seen churches and schools already have that link where I was maybe there at the first point but they've now got that link themselves so they've just the schools have just gone to the churches when they've needed something which is really really lovely um so the aim of the e3 project would be that we reach all children and young people all school pupils across northern ireland um we currently have 10 areas which is amazing um my this is what do you say i'll end up forgetting one so let's let's work out <laughs> let's test my knowledge so we've got northwest we've got north coast we've got Ballymena, we have east antrim antrim and lisburn north belfast and newton abbey east belfast north down and newton ards Fermanagh and Five Mile Town and Oma and Castle Derg. And then we have a special a special educational needs coordinator, Anita, as well. So that's where we cover. So the aim would be all areas in Northern Ireland, all schools in Northern Ireland would be covered by an E3 worker. That is the dream, I suppose. So we're getting we're getting there. Yeah. Certainly that in that empower side of things there is what really kind of makes me sit up and take notice, especially um, as a you know as a minister in a church um because like I think I, I, there's part of me that that has a, a healthy skepticism about kind of outside agencies kind of doing stuff that the church should be doing Do you know that like the church should be active in community and you know especially with schools and and should be partnering there because you know you know my own estate in, in Rathcool churches and schools and businesses are kind of you know center points of the community so to see you know church and school working together is is great so to have that kind of empowering thread running through what you're doing is great like to hear you even say yourself your job is to work yourself out of the job and to foster those links is 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 class um you were saying there as well that you know your your hope is to reach kind of all kids in that but we have a, a really weird education system in Northern Ireland. We there's the we have the the kind of two two sectors or two kind of sides still in our kind of divided-ish kind of community. Is there any opportunity or any examples anywhere of SU uh, being able to, to reach into the maintain sector yet? Great, great point. So I know that I said 73 schools. Of those 73, I'm trying to work out exactly what it is, but potentially a third or more of mine would be maintained schools. Um, so that's primary and post-primary. Um, 
So I know of other examples in other areas where they had maybe had relationships with teachers in the school and the teachers, the individual teachers thought this was brilliant and, and would love E3 workers to come in and to help teach them RE and, and assemblies and those kind of things. However, the way that the maintained schools were working was that potentially the person who um, was overseeing that might be the local clergy person um, or the local priest, for example. Um, and they actually have the final say um, as to what happens, especially with regard to religious education. And so in that situation, um, unfortunately, the assemblies and RE lessons didn't happen. Um, it was decided that SU weren't going to be coming in. And I suppose that definitely is a problem that we've had, that we are seen as the Protestant organization. Um, however, um, the... The, the dream and hope that we have is that we would be able to get into all schools and there's nothing necessarily that we would be saying that couldn't be accepted by all schools that we're going into, if that makes sense. Um, so we're not necessarily going in and trying to convert everybody. We are using the Bible and we are using what the Bible says. So it's not that we're necessarily making something up or it's something that people can't agree on. Um, so that that would be the hope. Um, I know that recently we've had um, some resources that have been made um, to mark, I think it's the, oh, what do you say? I should know this. It's about St. Comgill and it's a, an anniversary um, of St. Comgill. I want to say 1500 years, but I don't think that's right. Um, but they have made these lessons and it's about being a peacemaker. And actually some of the maintained schools have um, accepted the, um, the offer of these lessons and they are willing to use the resources that have been made. For me, um, in my area, I have a post-primary maintained school and someone who I've been in contact with who is really enjoying the post-primary online assemblies um, and has also, again, taken up the offer of Easter lessons that we are sending out at the minute. So that's really encouraging for us that a maintained school would want to use our resources that we are producing. Now, I'm not necessarily being there in person, but I now have a relationship. So I think that's, that's quite encouraging, especially at the moment when teachers are under so much pressure. And if you have the offer of an organization that is giving you resources where you don't have to do a whole lot, actually we have recorded videos and there are optional activities that you can do. All of it is provided for you. So a couple of schools have got in contact to say that they would be interested. So I think it's, it's potentially a really good starting point. And once they see what we produce and what we do and how we do it, hopefully that will open more doors. I just think that would be amazing. That's yeah. right. Oh, okay, Ruth. Um, we've got lots, well, we, we hope lots of uh, ministers may be listening or other folk who might be taking assemblies. You Nine, you know, nine years of teaching experience and now you know into EE and all the rest. You were talking a little bit about resources and I'm thinking assemblies. I'm thinking, what, what, in your opinion, what would be the biggest uh, mistake or, or something perhaps that um, ministers do when they come into assembly that maybe they, they could learn and maybe do a little bit better? Or I, I'm just, I guess I'm just kind of, I have you here in front of me. I'm a little bit interested in, in, in your thoughts on, on those assembly times and maybe uh, advice for ministers and others to maybe do better? No, absolutely. No, I think it's a thing as well that sometimes sometimes ministers have those dates in their diaries of going to do assemblies and they're almost like, oh no, 
I forgot I had to do this and you maybe had to like throw something together or the school has phoned the day before to say just making sure you're still okay to come tomorrow and you thought that is I never even wrote that down um so I definitely think being prepared if that makes sense you know children know if you don't know what you're doing (laughs) and they will hold on to that so that would be my top tip um and I suppose it would also be I don't want to say entertaining because the gospel is not entertainment, but it's something that should hold attention. So if you could bring something with you, like a simple object lesson, um, and you talk about that and use that, especially everyday examples, something the kids can relate to. They're like, oh, and I know exactly what that is and how I know, you know, how you use that or whatever. And if you can then, especially an everyday object, something they will see all the time, then they will remember that. Also, I think ministers um how do I say this delicately try to be pretty holy now I'm not saying that we shouldn't aim to be holy but don't try and impress children with your words your Mm. really impressive Christianese if you want to use that particular term the the issue can be if you come in and you use all these words that children have never heard of and no idea what it is they will just switch off um and I and I even think sometimes in children's addresses we we do that as well because you're some you're in a church context everybody knows what these words mean mm-hmm. I would say if you are going to use a particular term um, explain what it is just take like five to ten seconds just explain what this word is so that whenever you use it then the people will know what you're talking about that's what I would say um depending on where you are depends what what time you have um so I know if you're I'm not sure what opportunities you have to do a post-primary assembly but as Mm -hmm. a post-primary teacher whenever speakers have come in to do assemblies you might have five minutes tops and that is it um so if you end up going over time you're then eating into time that has already been planned by other people so you don't necessarily get a good reception. So I know from experience that I have had teachers who are not necessarily that sympathetic to church people coming in and speaking in assemblies. And then, well, now I'm late to class or they've eaten into my whatever time. So people don't necessarily appreciate that. You know, pupils will be all over that in post-primary school. I'm like, brilliant. I don't have to go to maths. This is great. But teachers, however, don't necessarily appreciate that. It's also kind of hard to balance, I suppose, in primary school. So my mum is a, as a primary school teacher, she's a vice principal. And I remember talking to her about it and she's like, I really don't like it whenever people come into assemblies and whip them all up and get them all excited. And they're like screaming and whooping and doing it. And then they come back to my class and I have to be like, right, guys, we're going to be working. Okay. So <laughs> if you are going to be doing that, maybe it's okay to kind of get them excited and get them involved and doing different things. But if you can bring it back down before they Mm. go back to class, because otherwise you have a teacher who has to bring them back down and it's definitely not any fun for them. Mm. Um, Involvement is always good. Um, So even if it's um, giving them words to look out for or giving them actions to do. So whenever I say this, you do this, or I'm going to say this, can you say it back to me? Can you repeat or giving them, you know, actions to do? Maybe if you're doing a memory verse or something like that, just get them involved because then they'll, they'll know what's going on. Um, And it gives them something to look out for and keeps them engaged. Um, and, And I just think those kind of things, if you can get them involved, then they will definitely keep their attention more. Um, And, just don't be boring you know I feel that's like a top tip 
I feel like we've all been in situations where someone gets up to say something and within about 20 seconds, you're like, oh, no, this is awful. And you're too busy thinking about the next thing. So, yeah, be prepared. Try and get kids involved and be aware of your time and make something relevant every day that they can remember really easily and they'll see it all the time, which will bring them back to your message. Um, And yeah, repeat and get them involved, I think probably the top tips that's probably more than you needed to know but Ruth thank you so so I'll put my I have a boring voice thank you <laughs> thank you so much um that's more that that's wonderful Craig you're always prepared aren't you you know you're you, you've got that date in the diary you're you're, you're there <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever forgotten a school assembly right but I have forgotten to prepare children's addresses for church uh, services so like there have been days where we're driving down the prince charles way on the way to the worship and susie's gone so what are you doing for kids talk this morning and i'm like oh no i completely forgot uh, <laughs> um and uh like I've, but I've done something like like ruth uh, and, and gone and found some kind of object i remember going into the kitchen <laughs> Spoon, like one that was bendable, I think. Um, I can't even remember the point of the thing, but it was like this teaspoon's all bent out of shape. But like, what it's it's bent back now, and this is what God does. Jesus can do <laughs> out of shape by sin, but God straightens us out, or something like that. It's just like it was the worst. Um, but yeah, you know, so those be- moments where you're like praying down the road, being like, "Dear Lord, please give me something that's gonna like pop out, and this will be a brilliant talk. Yeah. Like, yeah. Please provide something. This would be great." Um, I think that that's probably that's probably indicative of something within me that as a minister I'm like you know I I quite happily sit in the study you know two or three or four mornings a week and put together you know the sermon for morning and evening service uh, and and actually be like okay I need to set aside this block of time or this day to go and do that and I'll go to the scriptures I'll go to commentaries I'll read I'll pray I'll think and I'll put something together but then when it comes to communicating the gospel to our kids in that kind of slot that we still have in our, our, our time, you know, I, I maybe don't do that. And maybe I, maybe, I, and that's probably the, the wrong way to approach it. Like there's no reason whatsoever. I couldn't say, okay, I need to set this time aside to go and, you know, deliberately put together uh, a talk or a message or, or a thought for our, our kids in worship as well so I think that idea you know very simply of be prepared do your work do your thinking whether it's a seminar that's important do, do you not think that in, in the pandemic what we've done what I've, I've started to do is uh, put the children's address as it were as the introduction to the sermon because it's all online they're, they're, I don't actually have a separate children's section anymore and that's helped my conception of Hang on a sec. This whole bit, this whole sermon is for, um, or should be in mind with children. But the introduction, by putting it in the introduction, it definitely uh, prioritizes, you know, that that kind of object lesson, that kind of communication at the start. And then I say, well, kids, now we're going to talk a little bit more about the passage to, to but you keep listening, uh, or at least you you kind of hope that they keep listening. <laughs> Uh, but we'll do that, I think, when they, they come back in um, because they weren't going out for a children's church because of you're not allowed to move in COVID times or, you know, we all have to uh, stay still. I, I think there'll be, there'll be changes afoot. 
changes it. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. What have, what have things been like in, in your congregation? You and, and Robert are members of Second Cumber, and Robert is the youth and family worker. That's his proper title, isn't it? In, in Second Cumber. What, have, what has your stuff been like for, for you guys, both kind of in terms of like what you do on a Sunday, but then for the rest of the time as well? Because E3 is not the only thing you do in terms of ministering to children and young people. You're also active in leadership in Second Cumber as well. So, what, what have things been like for you, you guys there? To be honest, it's been really hard. Um, we have noticed with our ones, especially our young people, because things need to be online, we have had quite a lot of drop off. Um, and whenever like Robert was talking about um, talking about this with other youth leaders, I suppose there was this idea of digital fatigue. And it's that children and young people are just spending their lives on screen at the minute um, and if you have to spend your time doing schoolwork all online and doing those kind of things and you have to socialize potentially online with your friends you don't want to have to do anything extra that you don't want to do you know if I don't have to be on a zoom I don't want to be on a zoom do you know and the problem is because you can't meet in person and our ones are really crying out for fellowship that Christianese word um they, they still want to see their friends and they still want to be together. So the only way to do that is unfortunately on Zoom or Google Classroom or whatever whatever you're using. Others are available. Um, so I think definitely our older ones are really struggling. We know of some schools that have given pupils timetables and they have to follow their timetable and be online at certain times. Um, also, we have... Um, some of our young ones that getting online is quite difficult. The fact of the matter is if you have brothers or sisters who are trying to do their schoolwork and you have one computer in the house, you've got brothers and sisters trying to do schoolwork, mom and dad trying to do work. Mom and dad get priority during the day because they need to do it. So then all the work is done at like evening times or potentially weekends as well. So if you only have certain devices in your house, it's not that easy for, for kids to get online. Do you know this online learning, Robert and I have had a conversation that it's a very middle-class solution. Um, and I know for mum as well in schools that she she has lots of um, pupils who can't necessarily get online. So they've had to make, you know, paper packs for, for pupils because getting online is just not an option. So the younger ones, I suppose, in our church, they, they are still okay with Zoom. Um, and doing those things online but we've really cut back um, for BB and GB they haven't done a whole lot um, GB and I were saying that activities just weren't going to happen and so it was really hard for companies to think well do we still go ahead and try and do something or not um, BB have had a couple of resources online that they've been able to to share with the boys um, and then our Sunday stuff we now have a, a website that the things go up onto and a Google Classroom but again Lots of the families find Google Classroom really hard to use and to access it. So there's quite a lot of children and young people who we haven't seen in nearly a year. Um, we were talking about how the weekend before St. Patrick's Day last year was our Youth Fellowship Weekend. And it was an amazing weekend. We were all the way together and there were still rumors of, of doing things. And we never would have thought that a year later we still wouldn't have been able to meet. So I think our, our children and young people just want to be together in person and until that happens I think we're going to really struggle with numbers um, 
and we are also in the middle of a vacancy, which is exciting. So, <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> Opportunities in second cumber, just saying. Um, so because you also then have different ministers who are coming each week, I think, especially when you don't necessarily know the context of church um, and, and when people are recording, they're actually recording in our church building and, and it goes out. You're doing a children's address to nobody there. And I'm sure, you know, for both of you, it's the same. You're not getting that interaction. One of our favorite points is um, just by the Ben check in the blue book there. Lovely. Um, but, you know, it's it's really hard to get that interaction. One of my favorite things of the children's address is when you bring children up to the front and you have no idea what answer they're going to give. Honestly, that's like it's gold. But when you're trying to do a children's address, that's the time where it can be kind of boring I don't mean boring I'm not saying that anyone who's done our children's is boring but getting that interaction you're just talking to a camera so children mightn't necessarily interact with that as much you know you can't necessarily have activities they're getting involved in you're not bringing up volunteers or anything like that so sometimes that's a bit hard to to interact with as well um but also I don't know I don't know I feel as well if this is, again, this is not me saying about anyone who's been in our vacancy. I just, on something else we were talking about, you know, preparing for children's addresses. I know that not everyone is comfortable doing a children's address and it's, it's okay. I'd far rather than that someone who wasn't necessarily as comfortable with it would find people in their congregations who are, you know, and also potentially give, give you a break and have a different face. If there's someone else who has those gifts and talents of speaking to children and young people, get them involved to do a children's address, um, gives you a break. And also if you're, if that's not your comfort zone, it, it helps you then because everyone benefits from a children's address. Um, because if it's easy enough for children to understand, anybody's going to understand it. Um, and that's, that's the hope, I suppose. So it's just trying to get that balance, especially virtually. It's hard. It's hard to do that at the minute. Um, so, yeah. You, you've touched a little bit on technology. I'm not going to jump, uh, though I, I do like technology, theology, and all the rest. But do you think? I mean, SU has been famous for. You may have heard of Guardians of Ancora. You ever heard of that, Craig? It's it's this. It's a basically it's a runner. It, it, it's a game. Um, that uh, you, you learn the Bible or something. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, SU famously developed it. Ancora, Guardians of Ancora. Not there is different games beginning with Guardians off, but Guardians. It's not Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, but basically, source book to me. What's that? Sounds like a D and D source book to me. <laughs> you know, definitely not that. Uh, but SU developed it. It's like kind of it was leading in its class. Do, do you think there'll be a bit of a shift away that now? Uh, from digital kind of first or that kind of e-equipping stuff and trying to go back to, uh, I guess, what kids actually need, uh, face-to-face uh, and all the rest. Is that something you're thinking about? Um, I, suppose, I suppose, in a sense, whenever um, children are coming back, I think we really need to prioritise that face-to-face and fellowship, but also not just for children, for everybody. Do you know, yeah. we were... Robert and I were talking about it and we were saying how many you know like coffees after church we've missed how many suppers after a church service we've missed how many different activities or coffee mornings you know I think with restrictions easing there are people who are in two camps you've got people who can't wait to get back 
And you have other people who are really cautious and the thought of coming out to church or, or hanging around a coffee bar after a service with tea and a biscuit is terrifying. Um, and I think we definitely need to work on that with everyone and especially children. Now, children, fortunately, at the moment with, with restrictions easing and them going back to school, they will have had more of that, I suppose, than adults. So hopefully they'll be able to teach us a little bit about, you know, being able to interact with other people. But I think... I think there will definitely need to be work done on building back the church family, if that makes sense. You know, we've all been far away for so long and, and there's only so much that, you know, Zoom coffee chats or whatever can do. There's a lot, a lot to be said for relearning how to have in-person fellowship with people. And I think um, we definitely need to prioritize that. But I also feel like, a lot of the technology and those digital tools can really help in between times or they can really help families, especially if you have families that aren't from a church background or you might have um, uh, children or young people who maybe go to their SU group in schools and they're the only ones in their family who have any interest in, mm. in the Bible or the gospel or good news that God has. And I think if we can still have those tools to help people in the in-between times and that are really easy to access, you know, they're so user-friendly that the Guardians of Angkor is brilliant. Um, yeah. And it's almost, yeah, learning is fun. That's what I like to say as a teacher. Um, so you kind of, you bring them in as, you know, this game where you're, you're doing all these tasks and fulfilling all these things, but all the time you are telling children the amazing truths of the Bible and they don't necessarily realize that's what's happening. Um, so I'm not saying we're like trying to subliminal messages sneakily that's not that's not really what we're going for but I think it's it's those things then but kind of in that kind of subconscious or you know where where things kind of creep in or I am definitely a real advocate for um children's Christian songs being biblically accurate Craig will laugh about this because we did a PCI team together and um I would definitely veto certain songs but I was just like in in, a, in an assembly I'm sure you probably remember songs being sung in assembly and you can recite all the words they've just gone in and like even years later you can like sing that song and you know all the words um so I would definitely be like all those kind of things that are, are really helping and kids don't necessarily know that they're learning about it in a in a like blatant kind of a way but definitely, I think for children and young people who are now used to digital and that's the way their lives are um, and mm. they share so much of their lives online, I definitely think there is still an impact that can be had through that. Um, and it can definitely be a helpful tool within families um, to help potentially in the in-between times between activities and, and those kind of things. Thank you. One other thing, one other string to your bow to highlight this morning the re or this evening or whenever you're listening the reason why it sounds like ben and i are talking in the tin cans and the reason why ruth sounds so incredible is because not just uh, a wife and mother and former amazing biology teacher and pci team leader and e3 schools worker you're also a radio presenter is that right uh, yes yes I am there's no doubt about it you're definitely a radio presenter you listen to me on the radio Craig would that be accurate I listen to you on the radio along with thousands of other people every 
tell us a little bit about Sunshine 1049. Sunshine 1049. So that's a wee bit of my radio voice for you there. Um, so Sunshine 1049 is called such because it's 104.9 FM, um, which you can only get in Belfast um, because it's a community radio. It's a Christian radio station that has been set up um, to provide um, Christian music, um, but also some kind of secular music in there, which gives off a positive kind of vibe, I suppose. Belfast, positive sound. There you go. And um, that within that, you have word for the day and, and thought for the day and people sharing different things. Um, you can also get it on your smart speaker if you ask for Sunshine Belfast, or you can get it online. But this is sunshine.com. Well, there you go. There. <laughs> we plug for you all there. You say if, so if I was to go downstairs and speak to my Alexa now, what would I do to, to get it to play Sunshine? Because we've always just said, Alexa, play Sunshine 1049 radio station. And that seems to work. But is there an easier way? An easier way? <laughs> so I'll tell you what we do in our house. Um, we have the TuneIn radio app or your smart speaker might be able to access the uh, TuneIn radio app. So we would go down and we would say, can you play Sunshine Belfast from TuneIn radio? And then that's how you would be able to access that. Okay. okay. And, and when, when is, when are your shows? With, when, if people, <laughs> My shows. Listening to you talk today. When can people listen to you in Sunshine? Well, you can join Ruth on weekend breakfast. 7 till 10 on Saturday and Sunday mornings. That's tremendous. Do you hear the way she can just turn on the radio voice? <laughs> what can it, I say? It's a gift. It, it, I, I'm in awe. Here, here's me um and on ah my way through a, a, yet another podcast. You telling us to be prepared and, and saying children don't know if you're prepared or not. I'm probably suspecting podcast listeners also know if you're prepared or not and i'm here that's a different that's a different medium of communication yeah, yeah. i think you know it's the rawness people tune in for that's what it <laughs> no, is they, it's they the reality of it all yeah, yeah real life boy turning up in the, in the tanker fan <laughs> here that's class. real life what can i say yeah well for those who are listening we have an oil delivery here at the moment so the heat will be on again hey <laughs> Craig, do I have time for one more uh, kind of question of Ruth? Do I, how are we doing time-wise? Are you asking me for permission? I'm not in charge. <laughs> well, you know, you're kind of... <laughs> you're, uh, you're the one recording, that's why. Hi, yeah. Yes, but Ruth. Okay. Another question. I have another question, and one that was given to me by my, uh, by my, my, lo by my lovely wife, Jenny. It was around insights that you might have for parents. <sighs> The challenges, I guess, of uh, modern secondary school, uh, primary school, even, I guess, uh, well, a little bit, but you've been a teacher, you've seen it, you work, worked out your Christian faith therein, um, uh, and also now as an E3 worker, what do you think of the big challenges and how can parents prepare their kids uh, a little bit better uh, for, for, for that? As in challenges in life or challenges, in challenges for or... school? I, I think challenges for our Christian kids in school. Um, uh, I think we're providing, you know, well, we're not sending, we're going to send them, to, I guess, to the controlled sector, or, you know, into that, into that what we expect. Um, I think 
I, it's funny. I definitely think it's in a sense easier for primary school children to talk about God and, and those kind of things. And I am not by no means am I saying that it is easy, but I feel for primary school children, it's slightly easier because you're potentially within that, um, within the school where you do your RE lesson still as part of your normal class, it's not necessarily a separate subject. Um, you maybe still have your assembly times and you might have where a minister comes in and speaks. So mm. quite a lot of primary schools will still have that kind of Christian influence that can come in. And also that I feel like us. primary school children are, are a bit more understanding about it. So if you, mm. if you are a primary school child and you say, oh, I was at GB last night or I was at BB last night or I was at youth club or whatever um, or I was on our Sunday school trip or whatever I think you know because like oh that's really good what are you doing and I definitely think children are much more understanding however whenever you get into post-primary and people yes. are like oh what did you do at the weekend and you say oh I was at youth fellowship or I was at church or I was at whatever there's definitely much more pressure to be fitting in with your friends I definitely feel now that is coming down into primary schools as well but I definitely feel like there is a shift from when you move from primary school to post-primary school um, and the idea that you have to be a certain way uh, you have to fit in and do certain things um, I would definitely say social media is one mm. of the one of the biggest challenges and well <laughs> it is great for communication and getting people involved and those kind of things. And, and I know that I have benefited from social media, um, especially at the moment where I haven't been able to meet people in person. You know, we have a, a Facebook page and, and during Lent, we have been praying for each of the schools in North Belfast and Newton Abbey and loads of people have been able to engage with that. But for our young people, social media is where they try and, and find themselves and portray their portray themselves in a certain light um, and yes. you must be in the correct way and do certain things and you must look a certain way and you must do certain activities and you must engage with certain things mm. and quite a lot of those things that are popular at the minute don't um, go hand in hand with Christianity unfortunately um, and I think there's so much pressure to not be different um, every so often you know you have those things where like if you could go back to you know your former self or if you knew you at like 15 if you could go back and tell your 15 year old self something now that it would be you know you don't have to be like everybody else you know the way that everybody else is is not necessarily right but also the way that everybody else is, is isn't even real so there's this problem where on social media people are portraying how they want the world to view them but that is not the way life is and that's not just for young people that's that's for everybody yeah. and um funnily enough I was listening to your podcast last time Ben about when you were talking about how I know never meet your heroes eh um but it's um you know it's it was that idea of like now especially and I, I feel for church leaders who now have that issue of well how many people are watching my service you know, how are yeah. people interacting with it? Do you know, everybody wants to be liked. Everybody wants to be popular. Everybody wants to fit in. Now, that is a gross generalization. But within young people, especially, it, it's a very brave thing to stand up and say, well, actually, I, I don't do that or I don't think that's right. So I think being able to have those conversations at home about, well, what do you think is right? Or we as a family, if you're a Christian family, well, this, this is what we think. This is what we believe. And here's why we believe it. Um, and, and backing your children up, if they are going to make a stand for their faith in school, that you let them know that 
well, we, we believe in you. We believe the same things that you do at home. We do this and, you know, not everybody might agree with you and trying to prepare them for that. And there's an idea of, I don't know, resilience as well, but it's a lot easier for me standing now as like a grown up to be like, well, it doesn't matter what other people think because I'm, I'm old. I've gone through school. I, I don't necessarily have that. I have my friends. I have my, my close friends, my close group of, of people. I have my church family. Whereas in primary school and post-primary school, you're still trying to find out who you are. And when you have people telling you who you should be, it's very hard to go against that when everybody is doing the same thing. It's, it's very hard to potentially be that lone voice saying, well, I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't think that's right. I don't think we should be doing those things. So if, if um, your children or young people, the school that they go to, if they have an, an SU group or some kind of Christian extracurricular activity, get them involved, let them know that there are other people in their school who think and believe the same things as them. And I know that as a, as a pupil, SU played a really big part in my life in primary school and post-primary school. And I definitely remember being in P7 and then leaving to go to post-primary that our teachers in primary school said, the first thing you need to do is to find an SU group in school. And there you will find you know, the people that you can rely on and that you can talk to and, and they'll have your back and you'll have theirs. And, and it's that idea of you go off into this completely different situation with people who are like so much older than you from different walks of life from you. Um, and it's, it's being equipped, I suppose, to realize that not everyone thinks the same thing as you or believes the same thing as you, or actually people might be mean to you because of what you believe. Um, yeah. And I think it's, it's trying to let our kids know that's going to happen. You know, Jesus says it like John 16, 33 in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. And it's that mm. idea of it might be a bit rubbish. It might be a bit rough, but actually in the end, Jesus wins and, and he is the way. And this is what we need to hold on to. Um, it's just, it's, it's all very well saying it, but it's helping your children to know that it's okay for them to stand up and, and say, that's what they believe in. Um, but it's hard when you see children being kind of knocked back, I suppose, especially by their friends or, or their peers. So I suppose that's, that was a long winded answer. Sorry about that. No, no, thank you, Ruth. Uh, there's that idea of uh, the, 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 the social media promoting this celebrity, a, a, the celebrified self. You kind of see that in academia a little bit, that um, uh, putting yourself out like, you know, being a minister kind of goes with we are public people Craig um, there's a, it goes with the nature of, of what we do but but for young people deliberately putting themselves uh, out there on the social media celebrifying themselves and the medium of, of social media then affecting uh, them uh, and, and they having to constrain themselves to, to those things uh, thinking everybody has to uh, do the, you know do the same thing and all, all the rest. Yeah, that's really, really helpful. A big challenge is there, Ruth, more to uh, delve into, uh, no, no doubt. Uh, Craig? Yes? Are you, are you a celebrity? Um, no, no, in no sense. I'm not a celebrity. Um, you know, we're at the point now where the, the podcast Twitter account has more followers than, than I do personally. So that's, that's not a bad thing. That's, that's not a bad thing. Um, Ruth has lots of Twitter followers and if people wanted to add themselves mm. to your list of followers on Twitter uh, Ruth what would what would people now controversially 
I'm not an avid Twitter user. I am more All of a Twitter our- watcher, if that makes sense. So like if there's a if there's a big event going on or something, like I'll be watching those hashtags to read all the comments as opposed to me commenting myself. If that if that, yeah. you know. You were watching it. last night. Were you watching last night then, Ruth? All of the <laughs> the, out, the outfall of um, uh, Megan and the rest of it? I was not. I was okay. not. And I was just, I don't know. I think, now my, I'm going to impress my husband here. I'm going to quote from his, his favorite musician, who is Gary Barlow, Sir Gary Barlow, in his opinion. Um, and there's a line in one of his songs, is it like, there's three sides to every story. Here's mine and the truth. And I think, um, I think that's the same. I know, I know who knew that Gary Barlow would be such a philosopher, but um I think that's true in this situation that I don't think anybody is in the right. I don't think anyone is necessarily in the wrong. I think people have seen different sides. I don't think everyone is necessarily telling everything. Um, and so therefore, because we don't know what actually went on and people will always want to tell their side, I think it's very hard. Um, but I think, I don't know. I think it's, it's, it's part of that, potentially that culture again, that, yeah. People want to be famous and people mm-hmm. want to be known, um, but people want to be famous and known on their own terms. And so when something comes up that that changes that or potentially challenges that, people don't cope with that very well. And I feel that's from I- either side. You know, you, you want to put forward a perception of yourself. Yeah. Um, and when people potentially like challenge it or, or poke holes in that, people don't really like it. And that's not just celebrities, that's everybody. Do you know, you want to put forward a a view of yourself and when people maybe go yeah but what about whatever or have you not done whatever like I suppose I always joke about that with with Robert whenever he maybe says something and and I don't really like it and he's like oh you know you're you're convicting me of my sin and I don't like it and it's you know when someone brings into light the stuff you want to keep in the dark um people aren't such a fan of that so I don't really know what's going on there but I don't think we'll ever know so there we go I don't think I don't think we as the the general public that we are ever going to know absolutely everything that was said and done and thought and all the rest of it. No, I don't think so. But also, do we have to? That's the other thing that people people are so curious and people want to know all the stuff and and um, you know that whole thing about privacy and we all want our own privacy, but we we will happily invade other people's because yeah. we're nosy and we we want to know what's going on. But if someone tries to do the same to us, we're like, no, but I have my private life. But yet, you know, like all of those like gossip columns and, and magazines and whatever who try and, you know, give you the inside scoop. Everyone loves watching that. Um you were standing so, yeah. in Tesco yesterday in front of the you know magazine aisle, you know, and there were so many magazines that were, you know, various kind of salutations as the name like hello and okay and hi and greetings and all that kind of thing just like so many magazines that were all just you know had celebrities plastered over the front and were like here's another here's a scandal here's another scandal here's two people who've fallen out here's two people who are bitterly opposed to one another now and the truth is probably in fact truth is definitely nowhere near the way they're portraying it i just want to spend it interesting so much this, this is the dedicated to half truths and falsehoods. 
this is the world though our children uh, our young people our teenagers are, are growing up in the no longer no longer perhaps our grand grandparents or that generation their idea of celebrity uh, i guess it was the front stage it was just what was portrayed now the um, insatiable appetite for backstage what's happening backstage what's happened what's the real thing um uh, and then social media allowing a presentation or even that which appears to be backstage is actually just managed and all carefully uh, curated, designed to sell papers, get clicks, sell adverts. I'm very cynical about it all, but uh, no, that's but the world. You're so right. You're so right. And that, you know, so many people who, have, who I taught and whatever, you know, their goal was to be a YouTuber or to be TikTok famous or, you know, mm this idea that yeah, yeah I think you're right Ben that you know celebrity is completely different and everyone wants to be on a reality show or everyone wants to be noticed on YouTube or everyone wants to become you know have so many followers or views on TikTok because then once you become famous then you get all these amazing things you know you're an influencer that you you will be given free gifts by particular companies that you will be able to live a particular lifestyle that you you will be able to have all of these things that you want and yet we know that there's a really ugly side of that as well, you know, and, and people who can't cope with the fame or, or people who will do anything for fame. Um, um, but unfortunately, sometimes our children, young people, they, you don't get to see that bit because that's not what is portrayed on social media pages or whatever. It, you only get to see the good parts of it. Mm-hmm. Um, or you don't see for one post that that somebody puts up the R's that goes into it do you know and our and our young people are thinking well I need to do this and and, and oh, I, I don't know whether you're the same but now especially with phones and our cameras how you might take about 20 photos to try right. and get one good one do you know back in the day when you had your disposable camera you would you know put it in and then like half the time the photos didn't come out and you wouldn't realize until like a month later whereas now when somebody hands you a phone to take a photo they'll take the phone look at it and then they'll be like oh that's not a good one can you take another one or I know that I'm guilty of it as well and like I take about 50 photos and like I'm sure there's a good one in there you know and I read something quite recently and it was like if you're in a group photograph and you're looking at a group photograph you can only decide if it's a good one if you look good in it regardless of everybody else and so that's that's unfortunately how our children and young people are growing up that you have to portray this perfect image and if enough people follow you and enough people think you have this influence that you're a social influencer that's the goal unfortunately um and that's it's so fleeting so yeah it, 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 you, you you essentially mediate yourself via this message and you blur what should be private and make it public uh, and all for the goal of uh, selling some product or, or, well, some other person will use your content to sell a product to uh, be attractive to advertisers, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's tapping into a fundamental urge, which is to gossip. <laughs> That's yeah. what I want to do. Uh, and then repackaging it and selling it, selling individuals. Yes, and, uh, and it goes back to that thing we were talking about, you know, people want to see backstage. For our children and young people, that can be very dangerous because people then they share too much of themselves. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, people aren't there. There's a lot of darkness out there, I suppose, for our children and young people. And then wanting to be famous, they share too much about themselves and people take advantage then of our children and young people. So, again, 
I suppose for any parents listening to that, just be aware of that and, and kind of what your children and young people are doing online and, and how they are portraying themselves and what they're sharing and, and those and those kind of things. But unfortunately, in doing that, then parents and, and guardians become the bad people because they're stopping your fun and they're stopping your children, young people becoming TikTok famous or whatever. Um, and you're ruining ruining their chances of success. So it's it's a battle, unfortunately. Um, it's not it's not always fun. So yeah. But on that note, this has been uh, a really a really cool conversation. It's been yeah. wide ranging and great. It's been get the I was about to say it's been great to get to know you better, but I know you quite well. So what? It's been great for me to get to know you. I think I have got to know you better, and, and Ben certainly has. I suppose in like a like a professional capacity, maybe do you know what SU is and what E three is and and what all that is about. I suppose and. Yeah, because there are some people who who don't necessarily know a lot about Scripture Union. Um, yeah. So it's nice. It's it's a real privilege actually to be able to share about the work that she's doing. So thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Being on PCI Cast. Oh my goodness, very exciting. I don't know. Like I listen to this podcast. Have we actually said yet? You are the voice of PCI Cast. Every oh God, for goodness sake. Uh, yes, I am. Voice they heard was not Ben Preston and was not Craig Lynn. It is. You yeah. it, it is me. Welcome to PCI Cast. There you go. <laughs> Amazing. Good. Uh, Happy to help. Which uh, which which other voice is that? That's me being, you know, an influencer right there. That's that's the influence I have, being the voice of PCI Cast. Uh, you can continue to to follow Ruth's uh, influence on Twitter. Should you should you choose? Can we follow you? Can we all? That's all follow Ruth. No, let's listen to our radio show. We'll do that instead. We'll tune in on, on Sunday mornings between 7 and 10 on Sunshine. On Saturdays. Weekend breakfast. Saturdays and Sundays, 7 till 10. Sunshine 1049, Belfast Positive Sound. You're and my, you can keep an eye on uh, the Scripture Union Twitter page as well there, at S-U-N-I info. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll keep an eye. Ruth, thank you so much for chatting to us today. It's been great to... The talk You're to you. Is this now the point where the music talks like over me and it starts playing over the top? Is this where this happens? No, it's oh. just. <laughs> so thank you so much. This has been it's been great, and we will keep praying for you and for Robert and Jemima, and for your work in North Belfast and Yetnabe in the school. So, yeah, oh, keep... thank you very much. Much appreciated. Thanks. Thanks for listening to PCI Cast. Join us again next time for another conversation about life and faith in the Presbyterian Church in Ireland. In the meantime, don't forget to follow us on Twitter using at PCI Cast. See you next time. Look, look. The oil man's arrived. That is a welcome sight. The drama. Oh, it's Here, it's no crack if you run out of oil. Can I just say? Okay, so you know that's exciting. You're you're gas in your new house, aren't you? We are. I much to my mother's disdain. Oh, never have gas. I would never have gas. Why would you never have gas? Goodness, you'd set your house on fire.
instead let's put, let's have flammable liquid in a big tank in the garden in a big have... tank it'll be perfect <laughs> break you know mary you know, know that that's like pure mary that's it. Isn't it? it is a very mary thing to say <laughs>